0: <laughs> welcome back to those out there listening to the coffee sometimes podcast, podcast. <laughs> today with, with your hosts ross, ross gordon, gordon walters and, and tom
1: this is terrible
0: uh, <laughs> today we're gonna be talking about hey you know, you know that little app on your phone, you know the one uh it's got a got a little camera on it.
2: The one you can't stop looking at. The, the
0: one you hard you try. Yeah, they they copied Snapchat. They copied TikTok and they, they just keep on going. They copied Vine. <laughs> they copied Vine. <laughs> uh we're going to be talking about social media and it's kind of funny that we're we're talking about social media. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we are social media gurus. But are we? We're like oh, not. Yeah.
0: We're like not on TikTok and that's like all the social media now
1: well not in montana
0: what what they ban it in montana yeah really uh late late breaking news everyone montana the state
1: (laughs) bans tiktok fact check me man please uh i just i've seen some headlines read a little bit i don't know if it's a done deal i don't know if it's got a timeline but it just looked like
2: you heard it here first everybody
0: all right uh (laughs) yeah so we're gonna be talking about marketing and the like, and how we have approached that, and the different phases of us approaching that. Yeah. Cause there's been some, there's been some seasons.
2: Yeah. It'd be cool to start at the beginning and just what, what we thought going into it. Cause I think a lot of people listening are starting a coffee shop or they would like to do that one day. And you look at all these top dog Instagram, you know, coffee accounts meaning like coffee brands, coffee shops. It's like, man, how did they get to a hundred thousand followers? Because they used to have zero just like me or like, just like, you know, my future idea. And I definitely remember thinking that, uh, it's like, nobody knows who we are. We're just three guys and our, our Instagram account definitely doesn't have a ton of followers. We have like 11,000 as of right now, uh, as of the airing of this program. But, uh, One thing I've always loved about our Instagram following is how engaged they are. So even though we've grown slow, it's cool to see, uh, you know, people commenting very regularly and liking, uh, you know, a lot of our followers like the posts too. So, Mm -hmm. and it's, I also love how like our, and we'll get into this later, but the posts, like I recognize a lot of the names that are people that comment. They're like, oh, like, you're attacking their friend. They're like, we got to go try this. Like, if it's a new drink or whatever, which I always thought is cool, where social media is like actually a connector of real humans that will see people, see each other in real life, Mm -hmm. as opposed to just like, oh, I follow this account for mood inspiration.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, I think what you're saying brings up the dichotomy of being a local brand versus a global brand too Mm. and that's part of our uh our pilgrimage yeah into the social
2: media sphere well so when we first started we why i mean why did we even make an instagram because like what was our thought process in the very beginning i know that in the very beginning we were just a, a mobile coffee cart what we were just a mobile coffee table at first hello uh folding table but we had an Instagrams, I guess, just because you're supposed to, but like what did we, what were we trying to achieve at that point in our infancy?
0: It was just recognition, man. Like uh, business is a lot easier when your business is recognized, and the easiest way to be putting your business on display is you know the app of choice, and that's where we've probably fallen behind in the whole TikTok thing because that is now the app of choice but uh that aside i think that was that was the mood just like you know the more followers we have the more people are going to know about us the more people are going to see our brand the more people are going to book our cart yeah Mm
2: -hmm. because our big thing was weddings in the beginning Mm -hmm. that's like what we we did mostly weddings and they were definitely like our highest budget like you know as far as what we would quote and the thought was that if we can just get as many people as possible, p- possible following our account, like someone's bound to get married at some point. Yeah, and that did that did work. To yeah, some, to some extent.
0: Going back, there's a lot of things that would have changed. Yeah, with just that model. Like think about if, uh, and we see a lot of carts out there doing this now. And if we were just a cart, I'm sure we would do it as well. If your main target market is weddings, you should be really, really tailoring towards the bride. Who likes the aesthetic look of a lot of Pinterest things? You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying that's the only market for weddings, but it's a pretty big one, and so you know, we would probably have what we would consider not to be a very, um, you know, it, it probably wouldn't be necessarily fulfilling to do it, but it would probably book a lot of events.
2: Yeah, I mean, at that point, like I think of the the party band that I play in, like their Instagram, it's the same industry that we were trying to target and we still kind of are in some sense but the the bride and groom or the the planner whoever it is they're just simply very simply just trying to imagine what the experience would be like if they booked the cart or if they booked the party band Mm -hmm. and so like on the party band's instagram it's just nothing but like it's like either a silly picture that's like oh these people are fun and they're real humans or it's a, a like a really well produced video where like you know the, it's just the party's amped and like we're playing all these different songs, whatever. And it it's a very simple idea, but it's it helps your potential customer just to start to picture what would it be like if at my wedding if I booked this thing. Mm-hmm. So it's I just think that's a good rule of thumb to help people picture what it would be like to interact with your business.
1: Mm. No, I know that we have a business. Hello. But what do you guys, do you have any initial thoughts on like, should businesses be on social media? Or like, should all types of businesses just be on social media as a rule of thumb? Like if you were a dentist office, Mm. you should be like giving money and attention to social media to attract people. Mm. I feel like it's almost, what you're saying is for recognition, it's like, our social media page probably in the beginning got more attention than our website, you know, because that was probably still our clientele would go to our social media page to see what we're about much quicker than they probably would go to our website, right? And then maybe for the business-to-business relationships, they would maybe find it through social media and then get what they're looking for through the website.
2: Yeah. I think it definitely depends on the business, but i I believe that any any business could have a very an engaging like engaging and fun Instagram page, no matter what it is. Like if you are a plumber, and you know, I am not going to follow a plumber page, but I might if it was funny or if for whatever showing
0: their sick fittings. Yeah, just for whatever reason, bro.
2: But it's it's less about like, oh, they can see that we are a trustworthy plumber by you know showing pictures of our quality work and our and all that. It's but it's like, what if your plumbing Instagram page was way more just about making people laugh Mm. or like, and that's just a way for people to connect with your brand. Yeah, and you're able to humanize the plumbers, and that's I I just think any business could. But maybe not like focus on it as much as we do, mm. you know, because it's it's a socially accepted thing in our culture for coffee shops to have a very vibrant
1: Instagram. As far as businesses go, I'm wondering what else is up there as far as like categories of business that it's pretty dang important to have a, a good Instagram, because if you talk to a lot of people that consider indulging a business. Specifically for coffee shops, they're they're peeping the gram. Yeah, you know, like if you're driving through an area, you want to try something new. It's like that's going to be your main uh,
0: divider. Right?
2: Really, any food and bev, yeah, situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. When Littlebee used to help me with Instagram, she would often talk about how that was her driving motivator to go somewhere, and that's totally valid. And and we'll talk about this more later. But I was always facing this dilemma of local the local versus global brand debate so you know i wasn't wanting every single picture to be a picture at that time of our one cafe Mm -hmm. Uh, because that kind of you know i definitely think pictures of just our one cool cafe could lead to wholesale accounts and e-commerce sales and whatnot but uh broadening it and throwing in a picture of someone making a pour over at home or a video of us showing someone how to do something all kind of you know it complements and doesn't narrow you down a ton
1: how if your work was like a pie chart what how big is the slice that you spend on things that touch social media Mm,
0: podcast counts as that interesting um social media pod it's close but i, I would mean, say I'd
2: youtube say, is social media but uh, the that's, purpose of that's this time thinking. is just talking about like instagram facebook
0: it is they're so just talking about marketing oh okay i don't <laughs> know what we're talking about I all right thanks for listening <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're gonna find out we're gonna take a quick break and find out what we're talking about <laughs>
2: Um, just marketing in general. Okay. Well, for my cool. question, I want to hear not podcast. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> while
1: he's thinking because of, I'm just thinking about all the coffee shop owners out there that they have like Instagram or like posting on the top of their mind, probably a good bit. Yeah. And it's like, how much time is an owner or a leader dedicating themselves to social media? Mm-hmm. and is that worth it? You know, yeah.
0: I would say, you know, lately it's been zero percent because we just haven't been posting on yeah. any social media platform because of Dunwoody. But normally I would say in like the 20 to 35 percent range. And, you know, if I was to, to include video and podcast within that too, like all video work, all po- podcast work, we'd probably be looking at more like 70 percent something well, like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It just all goes back to anything in business or life. Like what are you what is your vision for this pursuit? What it, what why are you having social media? You know, and that answer is going to be different depending on what your business looks like. Like when we had when we just had a cart and no roasting, it was like let's get people to book the cart. When we had a pop-up and we started roasting, It was kind of just like, we just want people to come to the cart. And then whenever we opened a roasting space in our first cafe, then like you said, we start to introduce some of that global brand as in people that aren't local to people that wouldn't necessarily come to our cafe in their daily rhythms. So we want to have X percent of content that's dedicated towards getting people to interact with our cafe and become regulars. Mm. And another part of it, is getting people across the country to buy our coffee wholesale or e-commerce retail. So, you can there is there is some content that gets people to do either. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a funny video that's interesting and makes people laugh <laughs> will get people to wow. buy your coffee if they live in Nebraska or come into the cafe cuz they just want to interact with something they connect with.
0: Yeah, versus a picture of a croissant. Saying, Check out our new croissant. Yeah, new veggie and cheese croissant in Alpharetta. Mm-hmm. And that is extremely, I mean, sure, it's pertinent information, but at that point, your Instagram becomes a news board rather than like a um, display of your brand, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because, you know, you do want to push like new coffees, but I guess new coffees are. are applicable for local and uh, remote uh, valor customers.
1: So that was gonna make me ask a question of for all the companies out there and even ourselves, have we considered, you know, having like the Valor Coffee Instagram and then there's like Valor Coffee Alpharetta, Valor Coffee Dunwoody separate accounts that are more like the local goings on of a cafe. Sure. For the for the community. Have you ever, have you guys entertained that?
0: I have not, nor do I think I will ever care to comment. Uh, yeah, it just diversifies. I just look at it as like chopping up your brand even more. Whenever, like, um, and we can talk about this more when you're growing an Instagram or a social media account the way we are, which is like trying not to use viral hacks. Um, it's just kind of, you know, growth is a lot harder. So to make that even worse, yeah, there's just so many other outlets you can display those specific things like newsletters and stories and so on and so forth, where you don't have to just like throw up a post about it.
1: Yeah. I think about like,
0: or you just, I mean, realistically, it's like, I understand it's important, but is it even that important? What? The small stuff? Yeah. I and you know, for some brands it is. If that's your again, if you have one cafe and that's your thing, and you know, you essentially are a local brand. Yeah. So push that stuff. Oh, for yeah. us, it's like it's not that in in our opinion, for our brand it's not that important to post about the new scone, you know. Right. It's just like someone comes in and there's a new scone and they're like, "Oh, cool." Nice. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. And that touches on like, we're not necessarily using our brand or our social media that much anymore for like, come to the cafe. Like, we need business. We need more business. I feel like we've always, this is so arrogant. I'm sorry. (laughs) We've always been on the other side of conversations of like, how do we manage all of our volume? Right. It's not
2: arrogant. Yeah. It's just, I guess it's
1: realistic.
0: It's awesome. Um. hey sales could go up in Dunwoody yeah hey go to Dunwoody let <laughs> me <laughs> post a picture of a croissant in Dunwoody yeah it it day.
1: yeah and I think also we talked about before that stories offer a little bit more like temporary touch points where it's like you could put hey new food going on at Dunwoody on the story and then it's gone in 24 hours and it's not a part of like your discography on mm-hmm. uh, on your feed yeah uh, you talked about gaining followers like the on the good old honest way do you guys have any insights on like what are you talking about what are we doing versus without like naming names like what are other because i was going to ask what do you guys think about like buying ads that seems like straightforward it's not like bad but then i know there's stuff about like you could buy followers and you can like Follow a bunch of people and then like unfollow a bunch
0: of people I feel like there's a lot of like hacks yeah I don't like either of those bladder things because your engagement will be either fake or really low there's like a low return on investment um, the whole buying ads thing i I can get on with that we haven't really done it much other than just like a few random instances i I could like run an ad for Dunwoody I probably should honestly but um it's it's like i feel like that's a little bit above my head you know if if you know about running ads and how to do that you can probably make a killing off of what you're putting in yeah and i think we see that with the businesses with money the cometeers and onyxes out there who are running ads i'm and they keep doing it so i would assume it's going pretty well yeah, um, but
1: and so we talked about this before, too. It's like when I see an ad, I'm like, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. But do you think most people nowadays are like? I think if it's a good enough ad. I hear a lot of people be yeah. like, I see it. I, I feel like I hear a lot of people say like, oh, I like this thing of yours. Oh, yeah, I saw it. I, I, an Instagram, Instagram ad got me. So okay. Yeah, I guess they're just making them good enough now. But it's like I feel like at least when I would look on Instagram and be like ads would just look like normal posts that just like force their way in mm. your feed. Do you have any insight if that has like changed or like why? But I'm just, I feel like we've talked about it before. Anytime I see like a forced ad, I'm like, I'm not going to do it.
2: Well, it definitely like lowers its credibility in my mind, but For I sure. think there is a sliding scale of ads that, are good enough, even though they're ads that I'm like, okay, that's actually interesting. Undeniably. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. If I was going to say, let's just talk about coffee specific ads and like tears of that for a second. If I see an ad of someone roasting on a Diedrich IR 12 and like, that's the whole ad that is not going to sell me on their product. I'm going to keep scrolling. If I see an ad of Onyx's box for the first time, I'm probably going to be like, that's, that's pretty cool. Packaging. So, like, that's a step towards buying that product. If I see an ad of uh, Fellow's, like, uh, vacuum canister coffee thing, you know what I'm talking about? Sure, they, I, I haven't seen it, but I'm... They have an ad where they fill it with peeps, and they close the lid on it, and it sucks all the air out and compresses the peeps. I'm like, that's a good ad. That's genius because I thought that thing was stupid before. I thought it was just like a coffee holder. I was like, just keep your coffee in the bag. And then wow. lastly, if I see an ad of like Cometeer, I'm like, I'm buying that product.
1: So basically just... Innovation, uh, innovation. I guess. Yeah. 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 So, or like the Dunwoody thing makes sense because like, hey, this wasn't an option and now it is. Yeah, yeah, well, it's a huge part of it that we haven't mentioned
2: is how the algorithm will target certain demographics on Instagram based off of their viewing habits. Yeah. And... Uh, like I think if we ran a Dunwoody ad, there would be tons of people that would just be genuinely like, Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. And it's it's like that speaks to it's like it's just a really good idea and product to have a good cafe in Dunwoody that looks good and that may just be all that people think at first
1: is like, Oh, this looks good. Um versus like if I was thinking there's a picture of our a roaster and it's like meticulously crafted coffee by here i'm like no yeah
2: that's
0: everybody
1: yeah that's literally everybody it's not
2: a good story
0: i took notes somewhere and i don't remember where they were whenever i was kind of deep diving on some of the ad stuff of like the progression you want to lead because ads can get so targeted with facebook and instagram's like back end that you i'm sure tiktok's the same way you chain ads together. So one person will see an ad of your product and then the next time they'll see a different ad of your product and you can like attach them to a customer and send them through a customer journey, which I think is like probably the best way to do it. And I think that's why the ads are you're talking about people saying like, "Oh, they got me." Like the reason that's happening is because the only like only companies with big budgets who like know how to do this really well. Are able to afford the ad spend, to like really see a ROI.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. I guess I was I was just thinking about the ethics of ads. I'm like, Instagram's free, right? Mm-hmm. It's just like that's how they make money. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So it's like pay to play. It's like all right, you're on Instagram, you're subjecting yourself to seeing ads. I think a lot of people, at least myself, I don't think about it that way. I think I was like offended by ads. Sure. And
0: now I'm realizing I'm I'm in love with ads. <laughs> wow, that quick, huh? Yeah. I'm gonna go make an <clears> ad <throat> real quick. That's what this podcast is about. Changing Ethan's mind about advertising. That'll be the thumbnail.
2: <laughs> Does anybody else have anything else on ads? No. I've been having a thought this whole time, and I always think about this when it comes to marketing. But this uh spectrum between being Incredibly honest and transparent, and like this is who we are, and we're just putting it out there. It's raw, it's not super produced, but if you connect with it, you're really gonna connect with it. So that's one side of the
1: spectrum. Can you call that the you can't, if you can't handle me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my
0: best model? That's a mouthful. I could. How many times do you think you could say that?
2: I'd love to try right now, but I just can't. Oh. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like, hyper empathy is what i'll call it <laughs> it's like getting in the uh the mind and heart of your prospective customer and being like what would this person like to see mm. or even one step removed and maybe worse than that is like how do i become universally desired by all people like and and that's just the other end of the spectrum you've got like these two Ends. And, you know, maybe when I say both of those things, there's different brands or accounts that come to mind where, like, there's this very, very distinct and potent brand that is raw and, you know, they are just who they are and they may not have a lot of followers or they might might have a lot of followers and they just gained the right to be able to be completely authentic in everything they do but they're probably not being authentic in everything they do in reality i think there's always some degree of gray area in the middle where even if a grand is super or a grand a brand is super grungy and raw or or they're really silly and like maybe how we've been there is still this element of you know what what is a what is the what's the like rhetoric or like the way things are done on Instagram and how do i conform to that in some way what have you guys thought about that spectrum as we've created content over the years hmm cuz i cuz i've noticed uh like in in the beginning we would just make the silliest of stories and that's when all three of us ran the instagram and so our whole philosophy was like, we want people to feel like they know us, which is a great philosophy. Because it
0: was a gr- honestly a great move for our brand at the time.
2: Exactly, because we were we were a crowd company. We were just three dudes. That was it in a back alley trying to make it. And so any sort of like luck that we were going to have was going to be found in people just physically knowing our names and who we are in our lives. So we would just pull out the phone at any given time, whether we're taking almond milk from Publix to our cart or we're doing an event or we it's a, it's 6 30 AM and we have really loud music playing and we're just like jumping up and down and like just doing anything stupid and funny and, but relatable and, and I, and I, there was value in it. Yeah. Whereas we've also tried the other thing, where it's like we, what do we want to be as a brand? How do we portray that, and how is that crafted around our target demographic and like what they would want to see? So we we've just walked this. We've always walked this line, and I think we just want to be literally like fifty fifty. Like we want to be authentically us, and not be sellouts, but like we also want to make money.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And we've just been able to kind of display that through different outlets. Like I'm thinking about the funny reels we've made, like the Sam Thomas Power Bar reel. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking about the podcast where we can (laughs) cut up. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then, you know, but, but our posts on our Instagram are, you know, usually a little bit more buttoned up. But yeah. also sometimes you guys will run a stupid story whenever you figure out the instagram password again <laughs> we hack in I'm kidding Riley loves corvettes Toot, <laughs> uh yeah I think we could spend we could spend some time there Ross oh we, could, oh, we could do a whole man. series on that one yeah that could be, that's season three yeah that season and three. and that kind of goes back to what we were saying of like the it, it's a it's two two sides of the same coin. Yeah, that is man. like doing things for like what? What's the reason you're doing it? Like doing the trendy thing for growth, or like doing the slow growth thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about if I, you know, or the people out there who are tr- like trying to like do grow a personal Instagram account, just have different motivations than a business because. I'm not saying we couldn't make money from Instagram and TikTok ads and, like, get in on some rev split of some of that stuff. But, like, with the personal creators, they're like, I I need to get to a million followers or whatever amount of followers, 10,000, 20,000 followers, so that I can start making, like, ad deals and this can be my living. Yeah. And that's, like, not where we are. You know, we like, we want to sell a product to someone. Yeah. So who do you sell in pro- like a product to someone? Sorry. How do you sell a product to someone? You get them to engage with your brand. So like, that's our entire main motivation is like, how can we just like ramp up engagement? And that's where I was talking about like the ad journeys thing. That's like a better way to make engagement with the brand. Mm. Um, you're just like, kind of like, Hey, I'm cool. Do you want me? You like what you see? We're I'm, gonna chop that up into uh, a into a real uh, Yeah. So, so like with all that being said, how even if I was just gonna set out with like a formula for each, I do not have a personal following whatsoever. But if I was gonna yeah. do <laughs> if I was gonna do a personal uh like personal plan versus a business plan, they would be very different. Yeah. Uh, so, with all that being said, that's where I think we were able to find kind of our our sweet spot because we don't have to hit on, you know, sure, we could put out something that's like going off of a trend and get, you know, great engagement on that one post, but is that engagement going to last and, you know, like, Today, people who are like trying to make money off of the platform itself don't care about that. They just care about individual I mean, sure they do care about engagement, but they can care about like individual post engagement, not long term brand engagement. Mm. We care about long term brand engagement because we want people to, you know, get a subscription of our coffee on our website. Yeah. And so everything we do is gonna be motivated like around that.
2: Yeah, for sure. Another another thing that we've always talked about. Uh, over the years is how much of the content involves like the three of us. And beyond that, uh, you know some of our employees or like our longer standing employees. you know, like we've talked about to what extent are we almost like caricatures on our Instagram? Uh, and I think we've we've ebbed and flowed there, you know, like I, I said earlier, in the cart days, it was just like we were the Instagram. Yeah. And we would just pull out the phone and take stories of ourselves talking to the camera. We would talk about our values on Monday. We called it
1: Values, values Monday. Monday.
2: And that's just what we did. And and people listened. It was a very small amount of people. But the people that actually listened are probably like still our regulars today. Yeah. and cool. And so... A lot of, like, let's just talk about food and bev companies, Instagrams, restaurants, bars, coffee shops, et cetera. Bakeries. Juice bars. Acai places. Like, (laughs) like sea. Anyways. Beef jerky bars.
1: Biltong bar.
2: Any any of that. uh, The majority of them, you would look at their Instagram and probably not know who the owners were or who the GM was, unless everybody is doing that, you know, obligatory, like, meet the... Barista post or whatever. Um, So, but, and we've taken that approach sometimes too, where it's like this Instagram is just about valor. But I think we're kind of back. We can't really say that now because we haven't been posting, but like if we were, I think we would have maybe a 40% split of like one of the three of us is talking to the camera. About something, and I sh- like or or like one of our managers is, or like anyone on the team, and I think a lot of that's happened organically because it's like we're just like the salaried employees, and like we're available to yeah. do the content yeah um but I think that is a key aspect of a smaller company, and hell, a bigger company too
0: uh, nice. wee- Wait, I'm put the explicit mark on this one. <laughs> You just high-fived. Um, where
2: no matter the size of the company, I think it's a great aspect to have people that are across the country get to know you as personally as you want to. Like It doesn't have to be like they know your personal life, but they are just matching a physical human face with a brand. Because a lot of companies, Instagrams, are just pictures of things, yeah. products. Yeah. But we've always tried to, okay, if we're going to show a product, let's have a human talking about it. And if you look at our feed, like we want a meaningful percentage of that feed to be pictures of people, videos of people, and not just things, even if they are pretty things. But like, I don't know what our feed looks like right now, but I just know that's a, a philosophy we've always tried to have.
0: It's like some spaces, some products, and then like the three of us. Right. Which I think a part of that was just availability there towards the end. And then I see Mikey, me, Ross, Ethan. Oh, lunch ladies.
1: Oh, nice.
2: And people people say that all the time. Like, when I've worked behind the bar in Dunwoody, they're like, oh, I know you. You're one of the owners. And I'm thinking like, how? But then it's like, okay, because I've done Instagram content.
1: And because of what we just said earlier, they're going to Instagram before they're deciding to come to the new coffee shop.
2: Yeah. And I, I love, like, I think that's a a good thing that they know who one of the owners is because it just makes them feel connected to our company.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times we feel big, you know, because we are growing in ways that we've never done before. But the fact is we're a very, very small
0: company. You know, it's very intimate yeah intimate we're still like all usually in each location of our business at least once or twice a week which is wild uh uh uh-oh sorry michaela i'll have to call you back later Hey. hey
1: uh man oh dude can we answer my question what the youtube question is it a good time we had a question
0: oh my gosh Yes. From somebody. Um, it
1: it kind of it, it touches on the idea of like local brand, global brand. and I think it'd be fun to discuss in the lens of marketing. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, man. I'd love to hear that question.
1: Okay, so what you're gonna want to do, Riley, is go to YouTube.com. .com. A, lot, A lot of people are saying .dot net. Nope
0: .dot com. I think to conclude on these thoughts, just to talk about the progression of our instagram it was like you know started very scrappy diy moved to a more polished for sure like things that aren't polished usually don't go especially on our feed but still has like the heart of our company behind it
2: doesn't mean it can't be like silly or whatever yeah but it's like a higher production
0: and that's you know there have definitely been people who have been like no like that's like the best part about our brand is that like it's fun. And like whenever we're going through our like brand refresh and stuff like that was a lot of the conversation as well. Um, But, you know, our point to that was, you know, it can be, it can still be us, but like polished, Mm -hmm. which, you know, that is to my chagrin sometimes because we probably would have more. It's like, What's what's the most net positive? It's harder you know?
2: to make that content. So yeah. it's made it's made less
0: because like every reel we do is using a mirrorless camera instead of an iPhone. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, y- y'all y'all's guys out there, do your thing with your phone, and you'll probably be better off. But um, I'll add I'll add
2: one thing just in in conclusion as well. People, sh- when they go on your Instagram or they go on your website, they should be able to immediately tell what it is that you do and what you're selling. So in, in all this conversation about like being people centric and making genuine content and, and all that, like at the end of the day, you have to have some form of empathy as far as if I was scrolling on to your page for the first time, it should be very, very clear. You know, like in our bio, it says cat coffee shop and roasting. And I think we wait like we we like talked about that for a while, like what's the wording of our bio? you know it's it's like I forget what it is, but people people immediately know, okay, this is a coffee company, I could buy their coffee online, I could buy their coffee wholesale, and I could go to one of their locations and that's that's our company. We also have a cart that we book events with, but we don't really talk about that on Instagram as much, but um I think that's really key as well, to whether it's website or instagram or facebook whatever immediately people should be able to tell with like as little attention and effort as possible what it is that you do
0: yeah calories baby yeah uh say calories yeah oh okay we don't, we i don't it. make people burn as few calories as possible uh do you want to read this since you have oh, already yeah, uh, yeah. responded to it yep yeah i responded uh, From your personal YouTube, <laughs> I didn't even know I had
1: a personal YouTube. I was like, "Oh, I can comment." Uh, TJ, you know, let it be known. I mean, we had so many, so many questions, but I just decided to <laughs> pluck this one out of the uh, out of the ether. <laughs> TJ says, "Congrats on your success. I've been blown away by the content you guys put on. Wow. I'll skip the pleasantries." Uh, da, da, da. He said he's got a question that may be difficult because we have a roastery, but what are your thoughts on choosing a roaster that is at least fairly local to you if there's a high-quality one nearby? For example, uh, when the time comes for me to choose a roaster, I feel a sense of loyalty to you guys because you have put so much high-quality, free information out there. But I know there are some awesome specialty roasters around my area oklahoma slash north texas that would be great as well and likely easier from a
0: logistical standpoint
1: yours truly tj (laughs) he didn't say that but
0: oh it says i love you so much
1: tj ethan's my favorite on the program dang tj wow (laughs)
2: i've got some thoughts you can kick us off
0: really Uh, i'm interested to hear if our thoughts are all aligned or different
2: me too. Let's see what happens. Ready, <laughs> That's go. That's kind of the
0: fun of the program.
2: Yeah, so I, I have a thought and then I have like an exception to the thought. So the, the first thing that came to my mind was it depends on what your needs are. So if you want to partner with a local roaster that offers a lot of training and you need to be trained because you don't know how to run a coffee company or you don't know how to pour latte art or you don't know how to pull espresso, then that could be of some benefit to you. The exception to that is how much are they really going to do though? And how much of that could you actually just learn on your own via the internet and via practice? Mm. Um, because I don't mean to sound critical in any way, uh, but I know a lot of roasters will promise, like we'll offer training or we'll offer this and that. But, and, but and whenever you're a new coffee company or your coffee cart or whatever it is, that sounds great, right? It's like, Oh, I need training. This could be great. But that doesn't mean that they are going to be your personal trainer at any hour that you would need. It just means it in all honesty, like, and we've done this too. It probably just means like they'll train you once right and they'll and that's valuable like they'll lay a good foundation of mechanics but um at the same time like you could probably learn all of that uh just on the internet you won't have that hands-on training aspect and again that's why i said it was uh still valuable but my main point is that many people who are starting a new thing uh when they hear that our local roaster could train them, they might think that's their, their perception of that might be a bit inflated. Hmm. Um, and that is potentially harmful just because it's unmet expectations. Um, yeah. There's also uh, other benefits of working with a local roaster. Like if if we have a an account in California or even like the Midwest, the shipping time, and cost is going to be greater. And so, if you're in a pinch and you're running out of coffee, then, and your roaster is across the country, then you're looking at minimum two, maximum five days before you can get that order. So, that's just, you know, like, and we know that because before we roasted, we had a wholesale partner that was in California. And so, we had to be incredibly dialed on inventory and ordering should be yeah which you just you can very easily as long as you have the right system and should be um but stuff still happens you know unexpected things happen um and so to have a very local roaster simply just means you could either drive over there and get the coffee maybe you still might not even not be able to do that depending on when they roast or the shipping time will just be shorter Mm. so
0: Yeah, Um, I think we were only ever in a pinch with Cat and Cloud one time, and then, uh, props to them is like the only time we were in a pinch, and I think they just like overnighted our coffee, yeah, like on them, which was like cool. It's very cool. Um, I'm not saying that we will do that for you, TJ, but uh, (laughs) there there are paths we have done that. We we definitely have, yeah. Um, But just, just specifically from the sense of, like, if it happened a lot. Sure. Because, I mean, we... I mean, and to be fair, like, we... You are talking about the shipping costs. Transparently, like, that reflects on us. Like, us having the account in California Mm -hmm. equals... Because, I mean, if... You know, a lot of times they'll be ordering above our free shipping threshold. So Mm -hmm. we're the ones paying for the shipping that's going way over there. Absolutely. Um, And we still do it. We don't say no. Um, But... I don't know. We didn't have a local roaster. Like, we... And I don't feel like we had that many holdups. You know, if you understand aging coffee and, like, you don't need... You don't need it a day off us For retail, maybe, a little bit. Um, because of, <clears throat> like, guest perception. But, yeah, I, I kind of just... I feel like I'm in the boat of, like, if I... You know, in our in our previous podcast, two podcasts ago, uh, about roasting yourself versus multi-roasting, I think a lot of us had this idea of, like, you know, roasting a coffee yourself if you're going to do it, like, in-house, but also featuring other people. I don't think I would just feature other people. i just feature, like, whatever brands I think I'm most aligned with and, like, that I think are doing, like, really cool stuff. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of... Like, I totally agree with what you said on training, like... I feel like we can all agree with ourselves that, like, we pretty much trained ourselves, and like that is very feasible to do with YouTube. Um, you know, maybe even your partner from far away has some videos and resources that they can help you with. I mean, you've hopped on phone calls and sent people stuff that aren't close by all the time, countless times. Yeah, um, and then you've also gone on, gone on out of say site visits and, mm-hmm. and stuff of that sort. So all all of those things are on the table. Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying. Like you know, especially if you were someone that was like not an owner operator, and you are just opening a cafe and gonna hire a general manager or something. Mm-hmm. Y- we have a couple accounts like that, and like they like need someone a little more local for when things go sideways.
2: Yeah, I've been on both ends of this conversation. I have as a sales person just transparently like i there have been uh local accounts to us in north georgia that were uh just you know lovesick with this i won't name names but just like a a more national roaster and their whole thought process is they're not going to offer me any resources but the brand recognition of this roaster is going to get me a ton of business
0: <laughs> which is probably probably false regardless yeah if no. you're if you're using someone else's coffee
2: in general when people say that i think that what there there is a little bit of validity to what they're saying as far as like there are some small percentage of your future customers that will even know what x roaster from portland or seattle let's definitely say seattle is And they'll come to your cafe because of that. That's a there's a small percentage. So much we
1: we lived that out with Cat and Cloud. It was always cool, Mm. like when someone come and be like, "I saw you guys were
0: carrying Cat and Cloud." Yeah, incredibly,
2: incredibly rare. But sweet,
0: touching. Even talking about like the big three or something. Like, yeah, I mean. Uh, when Chrome Yellow used to serve only Stumptown, I remember a lot of people did come there for Stumptown. But if I'm guessing, you know that that amount of people versus the people who are just like this is my local cafe. Yeah, it's probably like three percent of people or something like that.
2: Yeah, yeah, and and people probably do drive a long distance for Onyx, but as a coffee shop, like for the most part, unless you're in a highly tourist area, your job is to be the neighborhood cafe where the people that live close by or work close by have you in their rhythms and your job is to have regulars, like simply again, with the outlier of like a destination hyper destination spot or like a tourist area. That's, that's almost like a different pursuit entirely. But, um, so my, my whole point is that I've been on both sides of this conversation where I have convinced a local cafe to just carry us, even though we're a smaller brand, we probably have more local recognition than this bigger roaster does that's way out of state just because we're local, mm. but now we're on the other side of that conversation where someone far away is saying, "Oh, I could have a local thing or I could use you guys they're they're maybe maybe they're saying that because we have national brand recognition, but what he said was we've provided helpful information for for him, and it's been. A, a brand loyalty thing. So there's that aspect too.
0: Which, I mean, let's just be clear. A part of the reason we do that is for national brand recognition.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So and because we love you. I think my the main thing is like either way, man.
1: Yeah, I know, that was yeah you know? that was going to be my answer. It's just like, what do you want? It, it's like either
2: way, your guests like you. You are the. It's on you to build. Regulars and guests and regular rhythms for people,
0: especially starting from a cart. It's just like the novelty is not what coffee you're using. If you're using, you know, specialty coffee, the novelty is that you're, you, there's a freaking coffee shop at my wedding, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, there's probably, there's, there's probably more people doing this kind of stuff than not, but it's like, I think a lot of people have a bent towards, I'm opening a business and I'm going to have a very local, push like every i want my local milk yeah my yeah. local coffee You mm-hmm. want my local tea whatever which we do in a lot of areas yeah but then there's also businesses i think about like fellows was big on this it's like we want to be in a space but we want to show off stuff from around the world which is
2: also super cool stuff
1: from around the country like we're hey check out this coffee from uh minnesota it's yeah like, whoa cool so it's like, "What do you want? You want to do that? You want to do that? Do you want to do both? Do you want to have like a, a local anchor, and then you're highlighting places around, or do you want do you want to have like a out of state anchor, and then show off rotate local roasters to highlight local people?" It's like, well, whatever. Because what we're all saying is there's just some some small pros and some small cons, but at yeah. the end of the day, it's not not gonna be the biggest thing ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day
2: so much of it is like and i feel like me hearing myself say this like 2 years ago would disagree but i this is absolutely my experience so much of it is just like how does the coffee taste and how consistent is it because like the coffee in your hopper tasting good is got to be one of the top 2 priorities <laughs> i mean you are buying coffee after all and very very close under that is like how consistent are is their roasting because if it's not consistent, then you have nothing. You haven't. You have good coffee one day, and you, your customers need to be able to rely on you to deliver consistent quality products. So, um, I think, yeah. But, but all that said, I hope this guy buys our coffee because I want to sure. get to know him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I get that you want to partner with companies that you want to emulate or have similarities to as well. So it's like, yeah, if you like what Valor's up to, and you want to talk to us about how you can
0: recreate that in your own authentic way.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a a cool plus, too.
0: Yeah. Last thing I'll say, the only thing that's really going to change, like make a big difference on how much coffee you're going to sell, especially retail, is if you're going from a third-party roaster to roasting yourself, which has countless cons like don't get me wrong like it's a completely different thing completely different subject and again you can listen to that previous podcast about the debate of you know how to handle that if you want to um but that's you know like we could have been selling cat and cloud or intelligentsia or onyx or whatever whenever we were using another roaster i think we would have just sold i mean you know price being the only like factor um we, pr- we would have sold the same amount of any of them. But then we changed to roasting our own, and then we started, like, pushing retail coffee. Yeah, and even that, what we're learning in Dunwoody is that it still
1: takes time to build yeah. the local trust of, like, all right, I'll come to this cafe, but it takes, like, being there long enough to be like, all right, I'm going to take this home with me and trust it. And it's going to be the coffee that I think about when I'm like, I got to get coffee for my uncle mm-hmm. when I'm traveling. I'm going to go go to Valor, pick up back. Hey, one cool thing about our coffee, speaking of tasting
0: good, shout out, huh? To us being at Expo.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. If you were at Expo and uh you had our coffee at Calafia Farms booth, smash like. <laughs> and thanks to our boy Jared. Thank you, Jared. Uh, for for we're getting, touched. getting our, our coffee out there behind the Calafia booth. Sad we couldn't go. I oh. I can I can say I'm gonna be at Expo next year. I don't know about you guys, but I'll be there.
1: Guys. Hey, work trip. Come on.
2: I'm gonna talk about the sweet shot. Okay. It's funny. <laughs> All right. Okay, Jared, if you're listening, we we have some something to tell you. Okay. And I think it'll be interesting for our listeners too. So a long time ago, you you were probably the the first person to train Ethan, right? But, second, he right?
1: Was, he was the second rep for
2: stomach. Second. On. Okay, so Jared. If, if you don't know Jared Ray, first of all, he's a great guy. But uh, he was a trainer for Stumptown or a, or a wholesale yeah, rep. A
1: Southeast rep.
2: And he said something that was, at the time, we didn't understand, but now I think is genius. <laughs> so basically, when he was teaching uh, Ethan on how to dial in espresso, he basically just said, like, hey, make it come out in 26 seconds, and that'll be great. It'll be a good sweet shot
0: backstory Ethan is working on like a $100 espresso grinder <laughs> and a $100 espresso machine.
2: Yeah. Which I've been in his situation so many times that I can really really see where he's coming from. Oh, yeah. In that um but at the time because we just hadn't trained wholesale people before, we were just like, "Man, 26 seconds that's so like singular." Like
0: should I've you, had good espresso at 22. I've had good espresso at yeah, 35. Right. It depends on what coffee you're using.
2: Yeah. And late, like we, we that was just an inside joke. We didn't actually feel like emotionally negative about that whatsoever. But we were just like always like joke about that. And now that we, because you guys were probably pulling hair bender on espresso, right? You already know. So hair bender is Stumptown's flagship blend, or at least was at the time. And we very similarly to Stumptown, just tell we try to sell our flagship blend free throw to wholesale accounts because we know that coffee so well. It's so consistent. And we know that if they pull it in like 24 to 26 seconds, it's going to be a sweet shot. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be all right. And so, in a perfect world, every single person at the cafe would know all of the, you know, brain theory that you need to tr- nuance nuance to like troubleshoot and dial in an espresso but the reality is is that is not going to happen like even in our company that's something we always strive for but at the end of the day like just jared being like listen bro if you can get this thing to come out in 26 seconds by adjusting the grind setting like you're going to be fine. You're
1: going to be all right. When, I, when I'm slapping the paddle, baby. But isn't, quash, that,
2: quash. isn't that wise? Because like, he could have overwhelmed your young, tiny, tiny brain. T- miniscule. He's like, okay, so
0: here's what you need to do.
2: Yeah. And so I have found myself adopting his philosophy, training philosophy back then with wholesale partners that I trained. Where
1: Kind of a KISS model? What's that? Keep it simple, stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's just the law of diminishing returns. Like I could I could spend an entire hour and a half training session with someone that's never been in coffee before, teaching them the nuance of dialing in and extraction and TDS. I could. But I just want them to be good on bar. Like I just want them to make good drinks. I don't care if they on the first session know how to like get espresso perfect. And so that's just a funny story. I, at
1: least I thank think so. Thank you it for is. sharing.
2: So, Jared, thank you for your genius. And uh, thanks for having us at Expo.
1: Oh, yeah. Our first touch point at Expo, huh?
0: Yeah. Well, uh, our our good friend of the program, uh, Kent, sent us a, a picture of, of someone wearing a Valor hat as well. <laughs> so, that was fun. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll be there next year. I don't know if you guys are coming. Me. me and Sam, at the least, are going. There you go. Go on now. Hey, it sounds fun. Is it going to be a- Chicago? I've never been to the
1: Windy City. Let's go. Same. Wow. Do you think it's going to be cold though? It might be a little Ooh, windy. At like, least. I had to buy a Jackie. Ooh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who
1: knows? Thanks for listening, guys. We're just going to cut it here. Um, we love you. Gosh, that was so much fun. That was fun. Oh, yeah. love,
0: love you, you guys.